Welcome to Absurdity with Ryan Becker and Matt Lucio, who is a wonderful friend of mine and our co-host joining us for the next month or so, um, or whenever we get sick of him or he gets sick of me. I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. Um, Matt, I do want to let you know, though, um, I've received absolutely no feedback since last week, so that means that people must like you. And I've received absolutely no salary since last week, so... <laughs> it's okay. Neither have I. Um <laughs> I, I, I spend money to do this. I don't make money. Um, I've made money one time. I've gone like, no, two times. In the entire time I've been podcasting, two times I have made more in a month than I was spending in a month, which means that I'm still net negative on everything that yep. I've invested into this. Yeah, welcome to Creative Projects, everybody. But yep. there is a way that you can support this podcast, Ryan. I'm just gonna, I, I'm not even the host of this show, but I'm gonna throw it to you. How can they support this show? Oh man, what a what a hero. What a stand-up guy you are. Um that honestly, the most direct way and beneficial way to you is to head over to absurdnetwork.com slash merch. Um click that image. That image is a click-through link to our web store. Uh pick up some cool merch. Uh Matt has some merch. I am actually wearing one of our hoodies right now. Um they're priced as fairly as I could um for those and still make like a, a penny or two off of those. Um that's the most direct way. Otherwise, you can do Patreon, patreon.com slash Absurd Network, or honestly, the easiest thing to do would be to go to theabsurdity.org slash donate. Um, that is all you need to do, and that'll have links to pretty much everything. Um, every dollar goes back to helping make this grow um, and and helping us, you know, make this financially, you know, sustainable um, on its own in a time of economic uncertainty. Do it. Do it now. Uh, you, should get, you guys should see his hoodie. It's like tie-dye pink with a unicorn. It's amazing. You guys got to get now one. You have, you have, now I have to go make a tie-dye hoodie <laughs> with a unicorn. Please do. With Ryan Becker riding a unicorn. I will do this. This has got to be done. I don't done. know when. It may not be up in the next week, but it'll be up at some point. <laughs> it should just I say absurd. Absurd underneath it. That's it. Yes. That's it. No this explanation. Is this is absurd. That's it. Just this is absurd. <laughs> I'm sure people will love us. Yes. Little Debbie, maybe in the background. I don't know. We can work out the details. We, yeah, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. So, um, I, I think this is, you suggested this to me based off of something that I shared. So, um, I, and, and so I kind of took it and and ran with it. So whose idea is it exactly? Yes. The answer is yes. (laughs) Um, so Friday nights, uh, I host for Vespers at Southern uh, which is the university that I work for. And I, uh, when I say host, it, we, we stream our Friday night worship program that we used to do for the university as a whole every Friday night. Uh, we now stream that online for everyone since all of our students are gone. And the, so I'm, I introduced the, the program and I close out the program. And at the beginning, I talked about um, kind of isolation and talked about being, uh, being an introvert. And if you are an introvert and you are lonely, um, then that's when you know there's a problem. And so when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about this week, uh, Matt had brought that up. And so I decided to uh, develop that into a little bit more. Um, so I really do want to talk about emotional well-being as a whole. Uh, the reason I say emotional well-being instead of mental health uh, is actually because a friend of mine who is a licensed therapist really, uh, really explained that this is more about um, the way people mostly think about mental health is more 
along the lines of what she would describe as emotional well-being because mental health has such a stigma attached to it. Many people would say, no, I, my mental health is fine uh, when their emotional well-being is an absolute wreck. Um, and it's just kind of that balanced, um, it, 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 is a, it is a term that doesn't really carry any negative baggage right now. Um, and so she prefers that. And, and after talking with her, I was like, yeah, no, that sounds reasonable. So I like the term emotional well-being. Um, even though the title will probably still have mental health only because that's how people still think of it. Um, but um, I do want to talk about that just kind of as a whole because one of, I think these stay-at-home orders and quarantine and social distancing, I think that that is going to have some costs that are not counted, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of negative effects to this. And if we were already looking at a mental health crisis prior to this, um, I think that is about to get worse uh, over over time. I mean, I look at recently. I was watching an interview on the news. It was I think I watched a YouTube like like highlight of the interview of a, an American that was in Italy and during all of this, right? Or is I guess still in Italy under their their basically nationwide lockdown. And she was talking about how yeah, this is really hard for us because we can't. I can't go anywhere. I can't see anyone. I can't do anything. Um, I'm just stuck. And it, it is, and she was like on the verge of tears as she's sharing this. I was actually talking with another friend of mine this week uh, who lives in Jersey. And she was saying that a friend came over to visit her and he stayed six feet from her. Like she talked at her doorstep to him and he stayed six feet from her and they just talked for a little bit and then he left. And after afterwards she goes inside and, and cries. Like, mm. like this is having real impact on people um, uh, above and beyond, I think, what anyone was really expecting. Yes, the, the physical health part of this is real um, and obviously the most, like, imminent portion of this. So I'm not trying to, like, downplay that, but I am trying to, I, I think what we're trying to do is widen the conversation. Does that make, like, I think we're just trying to keep a little bit more of this in perspective um, have you seen any of that, any of what I've described so far? Have you seen any of that kind of impact being made? Yeah, I have. I, I think we're going to see it grow exponentially the longer this thing goes on. Because I, you know, at first everyone's like, we're shutting things down to the end of March, right? Yeah. So I think people just kind of concluded in their head, I just got to make it a few weeks. Just got to make it a few weeks. It's been dawning on people that things are not opening up in you know at the end of march right it's not it's not all going to just magically go away here in a couple of days and we're yeah. in this for a longer haul and some of the data we see suggest well this could go on a really long time some of the data we see suggest you know things are getting better in china and getting better in other places south korea and so this will be over soon but i think the longer this goes on the worse it's going to get i mean i know this isn't uh, emotional well-being but we've seen a, a spike in domestic violence calls Yep. Um, that local police have had to deal with. I mean, if if you're somebody dealing with that situation, you have an abuser in your home. Where do you go? You know, I mean, like yeah. you're, you're you know you're being told stay home, which is the the least safe place for you. I mean, really, like you're you got the virus outside, and you've got an abuser inside. You've got to deal with that. That's a really tough situation. Also, just cabin fever in general, right? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're not, I am. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just so grateful right now. Um, and I don't mean to like rub this into anyone's faces, but like, I'm so grateful that I just moved out of an apartment and I'm renting a house with a backyard. 
like I like I cannot state how how thrilled and grateful I am that when I was in a week in self quarantine, I could just go outside and chill in in the sun and like be outside and have space and not feel like I was trapped in a box. Um, like that that made me incredibly happy. Um, I, I I the cabin fever is real. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I mean, when when things are quote unquote normal. We usually conceive of pers- of people, you know, if you're an introvert or extrovert, uh, as, you know, an extrovert being somebody who enjoys the company of other people for extended periods of time. They get energized by that introvert, right? Somebody who kind of gets drained by people. They may enjoy people in limited quantities. They get drained by people. But I, I think we're really, we're, we're having to conceive of these things in drastically new ways right now. Because I, I think that very basic binary way of looking at people isn't really sufficient right now because the whole social order of our lives has been so upended. It's not about, uh, you know, the extroverts of course can't spend time with a lot of people outside. My, my wife and daughters went to go visit some family friends yesterday and like, they just stood in their front yard and then the friends like open the window and they talk for a few minutes, right? Like this is what we've come down to. But anyways, it's just not enough, right? Cause you noted, at Southern, I really just watched your Vespers program to see if you were going to look at the right camera. But I was really happy that <laughs> that you led with what you led of, with uh, you know, like feeling like a lonely introvert. Like it's not just that I prefer to have some time alone, you know, in addition to limited amounts of time with other people. Now it's like like just something has been severed. Some like socially, something has been severed. Like the world around us doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. It you know, like I just. I mean, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be around like a large groups of people. I don't want to be the center of attention all the time. But like, I just, I miss walking around Lowe's. I mean, not that I can't do that, but it's just not safe. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel innocent anymore. You know, it's like just something has just kind of snapped. I don't know. There's probably a, a great word for that out there that, that some, you know, professional well, can figure out. I think the, the the problem is everyone is a threat now. That's, I mean... Every single person is a threat because you don't know if they have it or don't have it. So you walk through Lowe's now and there's no just ignoring the other people in the aisle. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, like you the good go, old days. Yeah, like the good old days where I could just ignore everyone. Yeah. Um, there's, you go, uh, you hang out with your friends. You have no idea where your friends have been. Um, right. And who they could have been exposed to. and Or who even you, you could be the threat to other people. Um, that's right. the crazy thing. Like this, right. this is something, this is the... This is the like prime example of uh, in, malice does not care about intent um, in that like I don't have any bad intentions and yet I could still be harming people. Yeah. Um, uh, well, see, you say everyone is, I would say everyone is a potential threat. This is what's well, annoying. Yeah, yeah. Because either either most people are healthy and normal or else everybody is a zombie and you have no problem. Like I have, you know, I have no problem. If they're all zombies, like you just take care of the problem. You don't think twice about it. But it's like where you're in between where it's like they may be infected. They may not be. They're still people, not zombies. Uh, (laughs) Yes. You know, like, and so you're just kind of like you're stuck in between. It's just, it's awkward. Like our normal habits of interacting in public are just so disrupted. It's like, I don't know what to do now. If I'm not working and thankfully I'm still employed, if I'm not working, it's like, I don't know what to do. Like we have home projects, but it just doesn't feel the same. Like nothing feels the same anymore. Yeah. Cause it doesn't feel like it's optional. Like as an, even as an introvert, I love the option to go hang out with people. When the option is removed from me, the yeah. opportunity is removed from me. That's where like, 
because here's here's I think I think here's where I feel like this is where this is really a problem and I've talked about this on this show a lot as a greater theme in regards to sexual violence and assault and things like that, um, which is agency. This has removed agency from people. You no longer have the choice to go do these things. And if you have the choice or if you may, if, if you think you have the choice and you go do it anyway, then you're actively endangering other people. Um, I remember in Miami, they were interviewing a bunch of spring breakers and there was this one kid who went on, um, he went on the news and he was talking about how he's like, yeah, I don't really care about this. We're, we're here to party. We've been waiting for months for this for spring break and studying and like, we're going to party. We don't really care. And then everyone like that knows him figured out, like figured out this was him and he's from Ohio. And oh, come on, my been, home state I'm wearing yeah, Ohio state hoodie yeah, right now. And he is, uh, he's been put on blast and he had to issue an apology on Instagram is like, I didn't realize what I was doing. And, and I was uh, uninformed, like just this whole yeah. thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's you've lost, we've lost this sense of agency or power in order to be able to make decisions for ourselves and do what we want to do. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, Ohio is really the Florida of the North. Um, it's just accurate. It is accurate. But yeah, I think that loss of agency is is interesting. This is going to be a really fruitful time, I think, for anybody who researches, um, you know, mental health or just emotional well-being in general. I think after all of this is over, they're going to have a lot of things to be analyzing. Yeah. To try to because it's like we usually deal with this on a person to person level, but this is like a society-wide thing to study. You know, like people in large groups relating to other people in large group. You know, it, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Something feels off. I I don't think we have I don't think we can put our finger on it yet exactly what's going on i think the agency explanation is is fruitful it's an interesting thing to explore but you know I, what are the ramifications going to be of this right like how yeah. is this how is this going to change like what are we going to be talking about in the month from now with people yes and 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 i think any no matter what answer you give to this right there's i think there's there's a million different possibilities for what this could be uh, for for like for for all of the different causes or or the real root causes, right? I I said agency. That's really just a part of it. Yeah. Um, there there. I mean, there could be. We talked about um just being lonely and not and and something has been severed for sure. Um, yeah. but the the answers. I I think that they're gonna. There's a variety of answers here, and I don't know. Um, I'd be curious to know. Who's going to be able to come up with the term that in, that encapsulates all of them? Yeah, because honestly, who 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 used the phrase social distancing before this? Yeah, you know, and now like, it's everywhere. Now who, it's who everywhere. It? Now everybody's using it like they grew up with the phrase. You know, like they've been using it since childhood. Yeah, no, I I want to know who started it. That's what I always want to know is who is who is patient zero for memes and who is patient zero for, like who made <laughs> who who. who who made the first uh, troll face or, you know, comic right. or rage comic or who made, um, yeah, that was a dated reference, everybody, um, showing my, uh, my millennial all the way back to 2012. This is the, this is the kind of historian that I want to be. I want to be a meme historian. The first ever. The first ever meme historian. Yeah, obviously I, I at a like public university. A yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that would be a thing. Like yeah. that will absolutely be a thing. Yeah. I would no, need government funding for that. The, and I think the other problem is, Yes, there is one cause for everyone staying home, but there's not one reason that everyone is staying home. 
So you've got all these different combinations of, of, of factors. And what I mean by that is, yes, coronavirus is the cause for everyone staying home. Or I guess maybe I have that backwards. Coronavirus is the, is the reason everyone's staying home, but the cause directly for people being home could be a number of things, whether that is possible exposure, so they're self-quarantining, um, whether that is uh, stay-at-home orders from the government, um, or whether it is unemployment, losing work, um, like there, there's, there's a bunch of different factors I think that, that play into, uh, causing people to stay home. And so it's harder to pinpoint what's really happening because everyone is in a different situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the unemployment factor is going to be significant. I know that's not directly related to, I mean, I guess it is related to emotional well-being, correct? Because if you lose your job, but when we have 3.3 million people losing their job, uh, and filing for unemployment in one week and the fed cautioning that we may have up to 14 million unemployed people by June. That's, that's significant. It's significant because it's happening all at once. And that's just in America. Yeah. That's just in America, right? It's happening all at once. And I mean, people are happy. They're getting their checks from the government here in the next couple of weeks. Great. But I mean, if you lose your job and you get $1,200 or $2,000 or whatever, however big your family is, that's not going to go a long ways, right? And and you got to wonder, like how how many companies can can the government bail out? You know, one of my one of my favorite tweets said, "If capitalism is so great, then why does it have to be bailed out by socialism every decade?" No, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> I just thought I don't even care how accurate it is. That was yeah. just really funny. Like right. it was well done on his part. Right. So you know, I mean, I think we're, we're this is above my pay grade, but we're seeing a constellation of, of kind of results socially and emotionally from COVID-19 and we're going to have to wrestle with the ramifications. And I think it's good to talk about this early before we have a bunch of statistics demonstrating, you know, the bad stuff that's happening. People like it's happening now. We just don't have a name for it. We don't have statistics for it. Right. Right yet, but it's happening right now. And, and I think my concern is I just, I want people to be okay. I want people to be reflective of their lives. And, and if you feel off, if you feel like you're getting snappy with people, if you feel something, you know, they, they have, um, for instance, my counselor I know has like, what do you call it? Like the telehealth or whatever that you can call yeah. and, and do a session. Teladoc. Sure. Telehealth, something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Tell something, tell something, but, but make use of that. You may not have the words to describe how you feel, but just seek out help. Mm-hmm. It's Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, I, a friend of mine suggested Teladoc the other day. That's why I thought it might be Teladoc. But same deal, just check with your insurance company, which I have no idea what will happen there. But that's a whole other mess yep. um, that I, that's a, that's a Pandora's box I'm not quite ready to open on this show yet. <laughs> um, no, 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 I, I agree with you. And, and I'm curious, I've talked to, you've heard me say, um, at least I think I've heard you say that, I, that I've believed for the last few years that we are in the middle of a reformation in the church. Uh, just based on social media and the ability or, or power being put back in the individual or the people's hands via uh, via mm-hmm. things like Twitter and being able to, yeah. So um, I'm curious to know if this, when when we look back on, you know, when we look back on this time period, if this specific pandemic is the start of a world of a of a of a revolution or reformation, just not just within the church, but I mean just around the world, if this if this marks a a total change in how things happen moving forward, right? So 
in the same way that, well, not in the same way, but in a similar way to how 9-11, you know, became, basically was a, was a revolution in government intervention in things like the Patriot Act and uh, espionage and uh, TSA and all of this, right? Like there was a whole, there was a whole change in the way of life. And, and so we talk about it, this being a post 9-11 country or a post 9-11 world. Um, do we think that, what does the world look like in a post COVID-19 world? That's what I'm curious to know. Yeah. Um, what, how does this actually change everything? Yeah. That's, I, that's like the million dollar question, right? Because it's very possible, very possible that nothing changes. Like, you know, best case scenario, you know, this thing, like we kind of get back to normal here in America in like a month or something. And people are just so relieved to get back to work that, you know, whatever, give the CDC more money to prevent this from next time, but I'm not going to do anything different, right? I'm just so happy to be with people. Yep. Or you could have, you know, or this thing could linger for a little while longer or a lot while longer <laughs> and, you know, it mutates or something gets worse and there's like profound distrust issues that we have to work for. Like it takes longer, you know, serious problems. People don't go to want to go to restaurants for a few months, even after we get, we're given the all clear, you know, they're having to deal with, with, you know, maybe not wanting to get too close to other people. Like it just becomes yeah. instinctive you know, for a little while. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder it, how capacities change at restaurants if they have less tables now and get rid of some or whatever. Right, 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 right. I mean, like I've had, I had a church member one time who went, who, who grew up very poor and she hoarded cans of food. Like her pantry was just full of food, far more than she needed, like than she reasonably needed. But like she was elderly and, and it had been that way her whole life. Like she grew up with very little food and so she spent her whole life just like guaranteeing that she would have enough food for months at a time. Mm. You know, it's like, so it just, it psychologically affected her because she had had that kind of traumatic experience when she was young. Will something like that happen to people? Like, are people going to like do that with toilet paper now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Everybody keep like 16 packages in their garage, like just I'm in case. To. <laughs> um, absolutely, I'm tempted to. Final, I'll go get that Costco membership. Finally, go get some Kirkland signature and stock up. Right. I just um, I can't wait yeah. for like some kids to like try to TP somebody else's house and like someone come out and berate them. Like, don't use toilet paper for that, you fools! Do you know or, how precious that is? Or even better, they come out and say, "Thank you. I was on my last <laughs> roll. <laughs> Thank you for your community service." <laughs> you see somebody out there like folding it up and putting it away. <laughs> I love it. But at um, least in the short term, you know it's going to affect yes. the way, you know, I know when everyone's giving the all clear, I'm going to go back to Costco and when I see that toilet paper on the shelf, I'm going to look at it differently than I looked at it before. That's suddenly oh, yes. going to become more valuable. Even though I know it's no, like nothing's changed really. I mean, it's just whatever, toilet paper. It's going to like appear more valuable in, in my eyes. They well, might I even mean, stock more of it. I love seeing these images on Reddit of people that are like, I'm a delivery driver and this is a photo of my tip. And his tip was a paper was a roll of a roll of toilet paper with a five sticking out of it. That was nice. his tip. Nice. Um, like <laughs> that, yeah, it's becoming an actual bartering cur currency, apparently. Um it, no, no, it's real. And here's my thing. I don't I don't think anything changes after the first wave. Okay. I think thing I think everything changes after the second wave. So if if if, if um if anyone's unfamiliar with what I'm saying, 
basically there are typically two waves to something like this. The first wave is what we're in right now, which is the first announcement, first lockdowns, first stay at homes. Then when, when everyone starts to say, all right, everyone can come out of their homes again and resume normal life. Then there is a, there's a reignition of the pandemic. Basically now that everyone is back out and interacting with each other and they've told you, they've been told you can go back to normal life. There, then the second wave of infections happens, and then there's new stay-at-home orders and new quarantines and the rest of it. The second wave could be worse, usually isn't as severe as the first wave, uh, because now there's systems in place to have, you know, to actually respond to it. Um, but that like that's a real thing. What was it? China just announced that they were opening two hundred and five theaters or something like that. Uh, movie theaters back they were they were reopening them. And then literally the next day they closed them all down. Yeah. Um, and I actually remember seeing a video just the other day of, of a hospital in a hospital in China kicking a patient out because they were trying to keep their COVID-19 cases down. They're yeah. trying to keep their numbers down. So they were literally the video is them trying to push this, this potent, this infected person out of the yeah. hospital. Just go crazy. figure. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know everyone likes to com- compare this to the Spanish flu. You know, I, I get it. 1919, there's some comparisons that are worthy there and some that are just kind of red herrings and don't lead us anywhere. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that came big in the spring, but its second act in the fall when it started getting cooler again was a lot worse. And so mm-hmm. no doubt during the summer, this thing is going to die down. No doubt people are going to come out from underneath their shells and it, you know, it may be very mild in the fall. It may come back harder in the fall. You know, it may be a persistent thing, a yearly thing, like a mild yearly thing. It may just kind of stay, you know, because that's where we get the flu from, right? Those are all coronaviruses that have just kind of stayed in circulation. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what's going to happen. But I imagine what we can say is the longer this thing sticks around, thus the more damage it does, the more, the greater the, the social effect. Like, is this going to be Gen Z's, 9-11. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to make that comparison too flippantly because 9-11 was a terrorist act. And I don't want to just kind of flippantly compare it to a, a pandemic uh, because a lot of people lost their lives uh, mm-hmm. in a, you know, and, and there are actual human beings to blame. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're dealing with the TSA as a result. So we get to be molested every time we fly because of a few hijackers. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> Accurate. Um, I am hoping that um, even 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 in my even in my comparison to nine eleven, it was more about the response to nine eleven than nine eleven right. itself. And that and and so I'm very much with you. And we do need to be careful on how we talk about these things um, and make sure that we're being constructive and not necessarily dismissive of the experiences of others. Um, that is like that is absolutely real. But I think so. So we are talking about this now and we're ahead of it to some extent. I mean, I, I would say we're right in the middle of it, but we're ahead of it becoming the big thing that everyone is talking about. Um, you know, the new millennial target for the church uh, being now isolation and loneliness. Um, so I, what I want to, what I kind of want to do is dive into some of the things that, that people should potentially be looking out for in this time? Like, what are the things that I should be looking for if I'm in self-quarantine, if I'm in a stay-at-home order, or if I'm just, you know, not going out as much? What should I be looking for in myself to know 
okay, this is starting to affect me in a really negative way. What are those flags that we should be looking for? That's what I'd love to kind of dive into now because, yeah, it's it's great if we're ahead of it talking about it, but it's yeah. if we do nothing pro if we do nothing proactive as far as actual practical changes and suggestions, then we've got a then we've got a different issue. Right, 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 right. Well, I think for a lot of people, they're going to make some lifestyle changes or you know, in the basis of, of emotions they may be feeling that they may not even be aware of. Um, you know, they may just start doing things a little bit differently, eating more, eating less, for instance. Uh, like, I mean, you're at home, right? And I think I've spent a lot of money on Amazon mm-hmm. as, a, as a result of being cooped up at home because yep. you're just like, you know, I want some stuff and I can't go to Walmart to get it. I mean, I can, but it's again, it's not, it doesn't feel super safe. So, I don't want to go any more than I have to. So it's like, I might as well just get on Amazon and buy the stuff I, I need. And I feel bad because I know there's people working at Amazon right now that are, you know, it's like they, they probably, I mean, I'm sure they're happy to have a job, but I'm sure they're not like super happy to be at work running around because all these people want to buy stuff. So I, I you know, anyways, I don't want, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to go to work at Amazon if they don't feel well. And Amazon is already a company that is not known for being a wonderful work environment. But anyways, so I'm buying stuff. Like, yeah. is that, a, is that, am I doing that because of this virus? Is that like perfectly normal behavior in this situation? I don't know. Cause we don't know what normal is. We've never been in this situation. Unless you're like 150 years old. Correct. You know, you've never been through something like this before. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think, I think this, this has taught us that Amazon has really become such an important backbone to the economy and to the way we do life. Um, it has become an it has become something that need that pretty much has to be sustained to some extent. So to some degree, those regular purchases, like I just bought a non-emergency purchase, um, or just made one on Amazon that just came today. All and, of my uh, purchases are emergency. All of them, every single. All one. of them, every whatever I buy. Yes, uh, they could just be pre-emergency as opposed I, to yeah, absolutely, yeah, middle of the emergency. I need it right now. It's an emergency. Yes, it is an emergency. The emergency is that I don't have it now, and I need yes, it right. now. <laughs> <laughs> no. hey, but it, honestly, yeah. that's how that's how we've been programmed by Amazon. Like two yes. days, suckers. Two days. <laughs> oh man, that was. I, I remember watching a Twitch streamer the. When when Amazon announced that Prime would take more than two days or could take more than two days, <laughs> and they were like, "That's how you know everything's going uh, going downhill." Yes, uh, this is this just got real. Um, they yes, used different wording for that, but that's exactly what they what they said. And um, exactly, Amazon's being affected. Like our normal, what I do in my home and in my own life has been disrupted. Um, yep. And what am I doing in response to that? So you mentioned, you know, shopping more on Amazon. Um, for me, what that meant uh, for me is uh, I get, this was actually part of the cause for me. I'm having a little bit of, I know I'm being really spaced right now. Just let me put it all together. I promise. Um, when I was pastoring full time, and I've talked about this before, I, I was dealing with a lot of isolation and loneliness to the point that I gained about 70 pounds in a year um, and was working from home all the time. Wasn't really doing a whole lot because my churches weren't super active uh, with, with an older membership in general. Um, and so I was very depressed. I was very isolated, had no friends uh, in the area, and was just really, really struggling. And during that time, the reason I gained so much weight was literally boredom eating. Yep. Um, it was, I'm hungry. I wasn't really hungry, um, but I was bored, and, and eating is something to do, and it tricks you into thinking you're hungry. 
when in reality you could just get a drink of water and you'd probably be fine um, yeah. or just not eat at all. But the problem is with nothing else to occupy you, your, your, your mind is free to focus on even the moments where you're just starting to get hungry versus when you actually are hungry. Yeah. Um, like boredom meeting is another one. When are you, in other words, I think, I think the, I think the, the, the root, the root of, of boredom eating is looking at your daily routine from what it used to be to what it is and, and asking like, what has, what has, how has my daily routine changed? Um, and when I say routine, I don't mean getting up, changing, going to, I mean, I do mean that going to work or whatever. Um, but I also mean, when am I eating? How much am I eating? Uh, how much am I spending? Um, that is, all of those are questions. Like the routine is more than just what I do. It's how often I do it. It's how much I spend on what I do. Things like that. Um, for me, I'm going to be saving money in this pandemic because I was eating out all the time and now I'm being forced to cook more. For real. Um, so I'm going to probably save money and I'll come out rich at the end of this. We miss you, China Kitchen over there at Four Corners. Yes, I, absolutely. I, when, my last year of Southern, just interesting anecdote. Actually, not interesting, but I'll just say it anyway. Uh, man, dude, they started delivering like $15 minimums to the dorm. Dude, I ordered that like two or three times a week. Like I would just find stuff to order to get it up to $15. So yes, I too am going to be saving a ton of money from not eating out in that regard. Exactly. But I don't know. Maybe it's offset by all the Amazon stuff I've ordered. Probably. But now you have the, but you had the money for the Amazon stuff now. And that's what matters. <laughs> I don't know what I have to show for it. Like, I just want more microphones and cameras. Same. Uh, same. I want more lights. I want more lighting equipment. That's my problem. Yeah. Please go buy more unicorn shirts so from that- Ryan so he can buy more lighting. Yes, please. Absurdnetwork.com slash merch. Um, there you go. So the, I, I think another one is disrupted sleep schedule. This one has been the biggest for me over the last week. Um, and it would be worse if I did not have daily check-ins um, at work. And uh, this is probably like way too much that I should be saying if any of my coworkers end up listening to this or my bosses, but it's worth it. Um, but a disrupted sleep schedule is real. Like the fact of staying up later, waking up later during the day, like letting more daylight burn um, and becoming more of a night owl. Um, that is a significant issue and can become an issue because if you still have things you have to do during the day, like I work from home currently and I've really struggled to change and, and to make that adjustment. Um, because not only, for me personally, not only am I having to adjust to work from home, I am also, because of some other things that have, that have happened over the last several months, I'm also not on my normal ADHD medication. I'm actually on an alternative medi- medication that I've been trying for about a month with literally has had zero impact. Uh, like I could, I, there oh is boy. no difference between when I take it and when I don't take it now. And so not only am I having to completely adjust to now work being this more nebulous thing that I'm not going to, it's not as structured, which someone like me really needs structure. Um, Now I'm also trying to balance everything I'm doing and doing so without the thing that was actually helping me focus and be efficient and and a normal human being in all of these areas. So the last week has been like, I've fallen behind on stuff. I've, I've stayed up later. I've woken up later, um, not gotten ready as much as I should have. I mean, the the trying to go to bed on time, whatever on time is for you know each individual person, um, that's incredibly important because I'm literally living yeah. the consequences of not doing that right this yeah. second. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm I'm uh, I'm on the CDC website. You want to hear what they say? This is really interesting. Yes, this is, they, they want they're talking about 
they're using the phrase mental health and psychosocial considerations. Now, this was this one was like a duh thing to me. Like I should have known this, but uh, I didn't. I needed someone to tell me. So <laughs> this is what they say. So this is from the World Health Organization. They say, do not refer to people with the disease as COVID nineteen cases, victims, COVID nineteen families, or I don't know who's using this, but the diseased. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Who's saying the diseased? <laughs> wow. We just got we just got really zombie movie on this one. We just right? got 28 days later. Right. The diseased. What is right. this? So they go on, they like they are people who have COVID-19 or people who are being treated for it or people who are recovering from it. Uh and after recovering, their life will go on, blah, 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 blah. It is important, they write, to separate a person from having an identity defined by COVID-19 in order to reduce stigma. And then their third point, very briefly, is minimize watching, reading, or listening to news about COVID-19 that causes you to feel anxious or distressed. Hmm. That's funny because I was just listening to Spotify and they have like this Your Daily Driver uh, playlist where they put together a bunch of your liked songs and things you listen to, but they also combine a lot of podcasts and stuff like daily news or whatever. And all of the podcasting was about uh, COVID-19. <laughs> and my last three episodes have been around COVID-19 uh, on this show. So like, it is interesting to to see that happen as we've all talked about it because it's on all of our minds, but at the of same course. time now we're, we should be limiting, limiting how much we talk about or how much we consume about this. If it's going to make us feel more anxious. Yeah, and that's the key. It's not wrong to cover it, right? It's not wrong to talk about it in the podcast or talk about it on the news. It's it's just you got to monitor your own emotional health. Yeah, you have to, because there's there's obviously a fire hydrant of news out there, and you have to take care of yourself. You have to be able to turn off something when you need to turn it off for your own sake, and so you have to just kind of be a little bit more mindful. I think of your state of being than we usually are when we have our nice routines. We're going to have to pay a little bit more attention to that. Yeah, well, and I think the other thing is your wall has to be pretty um, pretty flexible because there are some things, I would argue that this conversation, maybe there are some stuff that might be a little anxiety-inducing, but the goal of this is to be really proactive in helping people take care of themselves versus just updating you on facts or whatever about COVID-19 and those that are fighting that that disease or that issue right now, whatever the term I'm supposed to be using from the CDC is. Um, um, you know, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to hurt people. Um, but you have to be pretty flexible or pretty discerning. Discerning is really the word I want there for what you are allowing in and what you're actually consuming as content around this. Um, and that does provide or that, you know, that's provided that you will have to listen to a little bit of each of anything to discover, is this something I want to listen to right now? (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, and that's, that's that's a skill that discernment is a skill we don't usually employ. Like, you know, I used to read a lot of Neil Postman. Neil Postman was a social critic in the 80s and 90s. And uh, he had a book, How to Watch TV News. Now, this is a little bit dated, right, before the internet. But his whole point was the nature of news has changed throughout human history. Like, I don't know, in the 1800s, early 1800s, news might be, you know, come quick, your neighbor's barn is burning down and we need you to help like throw water on it. So bring your bucket. But now so much of what we consider news is stuff that leads us to feeling completely powerless. Yep. There's a war in Syria. Well, I don't know. What do you want me to do with that information? Yep. You know, there's, you know, COVID-19 like, okay, there's a little bit I can do, but otherwise the thing is just so vast and exponential. Like 
I, I okay, you know, like mm. I just and like so much of what we hear, you know, people in Washington are doing this, you know, king of such and such country is doing this, and it's like the the end result is if we ingest too much of it, it just leads us to feel powerless and frustrated at yeah. our own powerlessness, and so. Because of the advent of cable news and then the internet, like we ha- we have, it is critical that we develop that discernment that that you're talking about. It is absolutely critical for our well being, not just because of COVID nineteen, just in general. We have to learn how to like, how am I doing right now? We have to learn to ask that question throughout the day, and realize, you know, man, I'm I'm just I'm absorbing too much information that that is you know leading me to feel powerless and and frustrated, and it's not good for me. It's okay to be ignorant, like. Being a well-formed citizen does not mean you have to have cable news on or whatever, watching something on the internet 24-7. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the hard thing is fighting the temptation to stay connected the entire time because of the time of like a ton of disconnection. Uh, the motivation to stay on your phone, to stay, for me, to stay on Reddit, to stay on Instagram, to stay on uh, whatever platform, Facebook, um, is has, has risen exponentially. Because now that's the only way to stay in touch with people, if it seems, um, and and you know stay connected to the world outside of your own home and outside of your own friend circle. I mean, I, I can count on two. I well, I actually probably can't count how many pastors. Um, <laughs> I can't count. Period. I'm a pastor. Um, I can't count how many pastors in the last two weeks have restarted their Facebook pages that they all swore off ever using again. Yeah. Um, because now it's COVID-19 time and they are realizing that that's the only way they can connect with their church members. They're the only way they can connect with so-and-so. And not only are they now on Facebook, but now they're the ones doing the live streams and the, and the daily right. devotionals and whatever for their, for their, oh, here we members. go again. Here we go again. I'm back. <laughs> um, no, but like, it, but that's, everyone is tempted to be on these platforms more often. And I find this to be an interesting conundrum because we were already dealing with loneliness brought on by social media, right? Like we were already talking about, not necessarily like in a very like significant, uh, this is a global health emergency issue, but it was a real thing of like Gen Z's and millennials were basically being dubbed the loneliest generations because of, uh, because of this, like depression cases were, have had skyrocketed and, um, and there's all this comparison talk on Instagram and social media and, you're comparing your background or your your uh, backstage content to someone else's highlight reel or whatever it was um, when you're looking at someone yeah. else's Instagram. And so we've got social media causing all of this loneliness, isolation, and depression. And now we're saying social media is now the answer to all of this isolation, loneliness, and depression. Yeah. Like how is, I, I don't understand how that like, I, I, I get it. And I've said the exact same thing is utilize social media. But at the same time, there's that real thing of, this is a like this is something that has already been negatively impacting people, and now we're driving people toward it. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Obviously, things have things have changed, and this is like the way to stay connected to people now. And I've, I mean, I told somebody yesterday when we were doing our our worship for this weekend, I was like, man, if this doesn't lead the holdouts to finally get on Facebook or something like that, like I don't know what will. Yep. You know, like it's just. This is it. So yeah, I think you're right. We're seeing some people get on social media who otherwise would prefer to stay off because it's the only only way to stay connected. And I agree. It's going to end up being a double-edged sword where people are like, I have to be on there, but it's hurting me to be on there. Yes. Well, and, and 
I think this is the discernment and I think this is the boundaries, right? I, the, the idea being you don't have to be on your phone or watching news 24 seven. Um, you, I think we still have to make boundaries. I think the, when I talked about agency before, I think one of the biggest things that we have to do is exercise agency, even in the time that we have here, which means, um, a lot of us will feel like we don't have a choice. We need to stay connected. We need to do this, but ultimately the best way to own the time that you now have is to actually intentionally make it block out the time to uh, go for a walk, go for, I actually just saw a couple of my neighbors uh, going for a walk yesterday. And one of them was on one side of the street. The other was on the other side of the street, um, practicing that social distancing, but still talking Mm -hmm. um, as they, as they walked. Right. Like, and, and building in that time to go do so the weather is actually nice outside. So as long as you're not in some weird state, as long as you're not under a stay at home order, um, like you could actually potentially go and do something like that without actually putting anyone else at risk. Um, yeah. Making time to say, all right, this is the time I'm going to be on Facebook. This is the time I'm going to actually check what's going on with with uh, with the coronavirus. This is the time that I'm going to get on Zoom and do a Bible study with my friends or join or you know re rejoin my small group. Um, yep. Yeah. The boundaries and like that's how you take back ownership of this time is not not by letting yourself. Not letting yourself feel powerless. I think we'll feel powerless to some degree, no matter what. But I think not letting that powerless over or consume you to the point right. of you not being willing to do anything or losing the motivation to do anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can do things like if you just want to be on Facebook to connect with like a core group of friends, like create a group or create a messenger group. Mm-hmm. You know, you. I think the, the downside with Facebook is like, you're going to see 8,000 posts about the virus. <laughs> Every single day, you know, you scroll through your feed, you're, you're going to see it. So you can, you, but you can, you can cultivate this experience in a way to minimize how much that you're going to be seeing that stuff. Again, the point isn't to choose ignorance. Like, I don't want to know anything about what's going on in the world around me. It's just the, the kind of filter what it is that you're exposed to as best as you can. So if you just want to connect with a core group of people, you can do that on Facebook. Yep. You can't really do that on Twitter. You're out of luck there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can have like, what, what, what is the, like, you can make a specific like subcategory of people you follow so you can make filters sure. uh, for certain things. So like you could do that necessarily and you could filter out like, all right, this is the feed that just has what my friends are up to and what they're saying. And this is the feed that just has COVID-19 updates. And this is the feed that has this. It could be, yeah, yeah like you can actually do that and make sub feeds in Twitter. So that's nice. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm beginning uh, to market carrier pigeons. Just training yes. them right now and breeding them. So if anybody's interested in that, I really, just, uh, I really hope my editor listens this far into the podcast and hears me say this, so that he can like edit a pigeon sound into the background of your microphone, so that like people can literally hear a pigeon just fly <laughs> what, by. What is a pigeon sound? I think it should be like an eagle, like <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> like way, this majestic bird. Yeah, just just way overkill. Uh, carrier, yeah, just like way overkill. <laughs> I am I am sending out carrier eagles. Uh, <laughs> yes, America, America. Uh, the no, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think there was another. I think it was called in the party or something like that. But there was a. Um, it was popular for a number of years in a lot of dorm rooms too. Which was it was a video chat app where uh, you and your friends just like you you made a uh, you made a it was in the room. I can't remember what it was called, and I'm gonna Google it after I'm done talking. But there was basically you joined a party and then any mm-hmm. of your friends could also join that party. The app died because now you can do that with FaceTime in a group chat. 
Um, but for yep. me, as an introvert, I don't necessarily want to. I don't want to feel like. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm alone. I do like to be on my own and be able to still do what I want to do. Not feel like I have to host someone. Not feel like I have to like keep up conversation. But just the opportunity, just like having someone present and there, even if we're doing entirely different things, is nice. So utilizing something like FaceTime or that app that I was mentioning or something like that, just to like hop on a video chat with someone and just kind of hang out while you're yeah. doing your own thing. Um, yeah. Like that's huge. For me, video games saved me from isolation once and y'all laughed <laughs> at gamers up until this point, but we are going to be the most, most health, healthy and stable individuals through this pandemic because we have stayed socially connected with a purpose in leveling up. I literally have, a, I literally have my favorite MMORPG up in the background as we are recording this um, called City of Heroes. And, oh, City um, of Heroes, okay. It was my favorite game. It got resurrected via private servers. I'm not going to talk about the legality of that, um, but it got resurrected <laughs> via private servers last year, and I have been playing nonstop. Um, and the, but, but like, seriously, whatever you can do to maintain some sense of community and some sense of purpose um, is huge. That's, that's why unemployment is such a huge risk right now is because of the loss of purpose. What yep. am I, what do I do with my day now? Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the real risk is finding something to have purpose for. In video games, you have clear purposes. <laughs> I'm trying to beat the game. I'm trying to get to this level. I'm trying to make this thing. I'm trying to get this much yeah. money in the game. In Pokemon, it's I'm trying to get to a specific rank. Um, like set goals, create something and set goals. If there's something you've right. said, like, I want to write a book. I, I want to start a podcast. Um, let's, Talk about how many podcasts are going to start. I've had nothing but calls over the last week and a yes. half of people going, so yeah, I'm going to start a podcast since yeah. we're all stuck at home. Uh, yeah, For three I'm, months. Yeah, my company <laughs> was wanting to start a podcast. Uh, we're going to start a podcast. Um, start a podcast. I don't care. Do your thing. There's plenty of room. You won't make any yeah, money. Let me, Take it from let me. Let me just say, if it wasn't a good idea for your company three months ago to do a podcast, it's not a good idea now. No. <laughs> I, but I, if you want to start one and like, yeah, fine. You finally got the time. You've always been meaning to. This is a great time to do it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, yeah, you know, it's fine. No, no big deal. Do, go ahead and do it. And what you may find is that if, you're, if, if, you're, if your company can actually do something good with it and be of use, then awesome. Like I talked with a company that's wanting to do it for creatives and creatives are a huge, you know, freelancers cool. and and filmmakers things like that anyone who worked in in that kind of creative sphere uh is basically like really in trouble after covid-19 and yep. um they were the first ones basically out of work <laughs> um, yeah so anyone who worked on a film crew anyone yeah, who had a- major public events they were doing photography or video for i just i mean i'm be as a creative and obviously you're a creative like i just I feel bad for us. Like it's like <laughs> we're bad for always myself. like the first one to go. Somebody else takes our ideas and monetizes it and makes yep. a billion dollars. Like it's a rough life, guys. Yes. It's a rough creative life. We don't choose this. It chooses us. Yes. So, um one one question I do I do want to ask and um I don't mind ending this a little bit early. It's no big deal to me. I don't we'll see where we go in the next 10 minutes, but um what um what are some things we can avoid doing that would make this worse? Like what would make this worse at this point? Other than like, and I don't mean like actually like going out and coughing on $34,000 worth of, of food <laughs> and getting charged with four felonies yeah. or yeah, licking a whole 
aisle of deodorant and getting arrested and charged with a felony. Um, both that of those be a felony anyway. Both of these things happened, by the way. Both of those things actually happened. Uh, what uh, what can we do at home to to keep from letting the anxiety get worse or from actively making it worse? I well, we're gonna have to, especially if you have a wife and kids, or a husband and kids, or some combination of that. I have a and housemate kids. and a dog. Um, my dog right. has its own room. My housemate has a dog bed. <laughs> that <laughs> okay so that's one way you could make things worse uh <laughs> accurate uh no 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 okay so i mean the, the point is is i think you're gonna find yourself i'm gonna just deal with this gently when when you and your if you have a, a, your significant other are home a lot could be a roommate whatever you're gonna kind of bump into each other more this is gonna require a lot of patience and grace and new patterns of doing things. So, you know, I, I came to record this episode for like an hour and a half. And then when I get home, my wife can get to go leave for an hour and a half to go shop. Cause we don't take the kids to do that anymore. And, you know, she mm-hmm. just brings like a machete and a mask and yeah, it's exactly. like a war zone. So she goes off to war. I go off to work of, uh, you know, and we, we, you just try to find ways to give each other a break. Like, to get somebody out of the house in a in an appropriate way, like to just get out there a little bit and breathe and just have some room to spread your wings. Like it's important to kind of find a new rhythm. Yes. You've got to find a new rhythm of living. And if you lose your job or you're laid off, that's especially hard as, as Ryan noted a few minutes ago, that's like super hard now because for a lot of people, work gives them purpose. It, it becomes part of your identity and when you don't have that anymore, it can really just kind of mess with you and just going in it's I mean, I don't know where you all live, but we're not mowing the grass here yet. So it's not like you can just like go outside and mow the grass or go outside and, and do something. You're just kind of trapped still a little bit with this early spring. So find a new rhythm of living. Don't don't make it worse by by like spending the whole day watching Netflix. That is good in short for short sprints, but I think in the end, it, it only just kind of prolongs your feelings. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of gaming, but if you, you know, if you're going to watch or game or whatever all day, like it doesn't, it doesn't solve the underlying Correct. angst you may feel. It doesn't solve the underlying frustration or fears or whatever. Like you've got to deal with that. So don't just bury that. That's what I would say to somebody. Number one thing is like, don't, don't just bury your feelings. Yeah, it's one thing to use something to pass the time and you know give yourself something to do and and have some sort sure. of purpose. It's another thing to use it as a complete escape from what's going on and not actually dealing with what you need to deal with. Um, and that that could the same could be said there for social media or for yep. anything else that that we're doing. Anything, yeah, absolutely, absolutely anything. And this is what's because I suspect with a lot of homes, this is just my get. Like you're going to be feeling some things. You don't really have a name for it. You don't really know how to process it. And you're just kind of like finding ways to bury it, to just to disguise it, to move it to the side. And and other people are going to notice around you that you may be snippier, less patient, you know. Mm. And, and as I say, just like find a, find a way to process that. Like I said, call a counselor. Um, you know, you can call your friends still. Go shout at them outside their house and be like, I need to talk. <laughs> Absolutely. Just yell at them and all sorts of crazy stuff. You can figure it out. Don't just don't bury that. Don't mm-hmm. bury that. 
Uh, I do agree that I think game playing is probably an awesome way to pass the time. I really want someone to send me a PS4 and Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, please. If you want to donate that to this podcast uh, so that Matt and I both can can partake in the Final Fantasy VII Remake that I've been waiting for for seven years and don't have, uh, don't ha- or whenever it was first announced, probably a decade ago. Um, I think it was like 2013, maybe in uh, 2015, something like that. And I uh, don't have, I don't have my PS4 anymore. Unfortunately, all of my time is my Switch and my PC. But that's neither here nor there. I uh, last year, I or two years ago, I helped a friend out financially, and I helped him too much, and I had to sell my PS4 to make a bill. Um, that's so basically that's what happened. The, the moral of the story is there's a, there's a dumpster a quarter of a mile from from Ryan's house. Okay, if you open that up next Tuesday, let's say at 3 o'clock Eastern time, you're going to find three rolls of toilet paper in a brown bag. Take the toilet paper, leave a PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII in the bag. Accurate. Accurate. Look for the blue dumpster in, or, in Ottawa, Tennessee. You'll know. Um, <laughs> you'll know. Uh, the, the, no, no, no I, and, and I agree with you 100%. Dealing with the root cause of what, like, of what is making you feel the way you are, getting help, using something like teledoc.com or, or others, and making sure that it works with your insurance, obviously. Um, but whatever, whatever we can do to, to take care of ourselves is incredibly important. Yeah, I think uninstalling Zoom would go a long way. Yes, I, uninstalling Zoom, is that what you just said? Yeah, uninstalling Zoom. Why? I hate Zoom so much. It's just, it's amazing, like, the Zoom fatigue that's out there. Like, people have been using it for, like, a week and a half, and, like, people just hate Zoom. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. I can't put my finger on it. But, like, the fact that memes are appearing about Zoom and how much it stinks. Like, there was, like, a Scooby-Doo meme where, like, they were going to unmask the villain, you know, who are you really, and, like, and it, like behind the coronavirus, and it was Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> it was Zoom. Zoom, Zoom and... Skype and companies like that have definitely gone up in value. Yep. Um, I mean, we're using Zoom literally right now as we get yep. <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, Zoom is, uh, we're using it right now because it's one of the best ways I've found to actually record podcasts from a distance. It's great. It's actually super great. Um, now that you've shared a meme, I'm going to share my favorite meme. It is a remake of the poster for I Am Legend. It's Will Smith walking through this like destroyed rundown all roped off biohazard signed New York city. And it says, I am going to Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, honestly, guys, I think memes are a way to help us get through this too, because if you know, if you can find stuff that just makes you laugh. Yes. uh, We need that right now. Absolutely. So um, actually uh, someone shared uh, this last week's episode where you were, you know, your first time on as my co-host. Um, Someone shared that episode on their Instagram and was like, I'm really thankful for something that I can that makes me laugh during this time. And I was like, I didn't realize we were that funny. And then yeah, yeah. we actually talked about some pretty funny things, not gonna lie. Um, and obviously we're hilarious, so it's fine. Obviously. Um, so hey, Matt, thank you um for coming on and thank you for talking with me about this. And to our listeners, thank you so much as well. Um, we hope that you are staying safe uh, and taking care of yourself and those around you. And um, please, if you are in a position where you've noticed that you're starting to struggle with some of this, um, we do encourage you to get some help. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to us. Um, my contact info is in the show notes, and I'm happy to kind of help you, help direct you in a, in a you know, in a direction to go um, in order to get help uh, and get the help you need. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. 